Welcome to the shit show of my 20s. My name's Sophia. I'm a 20-year-old loan officer from California. I started this podcast back in April 2020. Got furloughed from my job for about three months. And during those three months, I was very honest with myself. I was like, we can either start emotionally eating. We can start suppressing these feelings of not feeling worthy because you've lost this thing that you attach so much of your identity to. Or we could start that podcast that you've always been wanting to start. So I decided to go with that second option and I'm so glad I did. I've interviewed over 130 people since then. It's been incredible. I've got to interview music artists and seven-figure entrepreneurs and just all these incredible people with different stories and different ways of how they got to where they are and just hearing about their journey, hearing about their shit show moments because we all have shit show moments and just learning how to navigate them better and learning how to learn from them and take them and create something magical out of them. And I'm so glad that I get to interview all these incredible people and I am such a big believer that you can radically change your life in a year. You can just radically change your circumstances, where you're at. And I remember being 19 and just trying to get a job and applying to like, I was applying to Ross and like a smoothie bar and like all these places wouldn't take me. And I was like so offended. I was like, why is no one taking me? And then I finally passed my NMLS test and then I got a job with a major mortgage company. And I was like, oh, that's why they didn't take me because I was meant to go down and get this job instead of that job. And I went from being 19 with zero dollars in my bank account and just being so stressed about money and so stressed about like is it gonna come into my life do I what am I gonna do about this to being 20 year old with over 60 grand in savings and I think one of the big changes that I made between those two was even when I had zero in the savings account I still believed that I was abundant I still believed that money was gonna flow into my life I still believed in something that I couldn't see at the time because I knew it was just a matter of time before it was gonna come so I'm such a huge believer and you can radically change your scenario you can step into that next version of you and that next version of you that higher self version of you she's not that far away as you think i think she's just there's just garbage in the way and it's just undercovering that garbage that's in the way of you getting to her and just stepping into that and the next version of you with the next level of results it's something i'm super passionate about and i hope from this podcast that you get to hear these stories and relate with these people and just relate with like not necessarily like just reconnecting to that path of what you want to do and reconnecting to that higher version of you and what you wanted to be when you were younger and what lights you up and what brings you joy so i'm so excited for you guys to hear these episodes would love to connect with you on instagram my instagram's the shit show my 20s dm me and love to have a conversation and feel free to share this with someone you know will love it and you can also leave a review on itunes i would love that Today's guest is Carol Elizabeth. I love chatting with her. It's so incredible. I actually got to be on her show as well. The So Much More show. And I had so much fun getting interviewed by her. And it was cool that I was able to interview her as well for my show. And about Carol. So she is a former couch potato turned two-time figure pro athlete all over the age of 40. A once passionless stay-at-home mom of three turned self-proclaimed international sparkle spreader carol elizabeth has taken her struggles and her messes to be the light to help guide others on their journey from a stay-at-home mom to a seven-figure ceo carol elizabeth has excelled in multiple business ventures she is a keynote speaker 
trainer, top leader in the network marketing space, built a multiple six-figure online fitness community, and most recently launched her Warrior Woman Incubator to help women dive deeper on how they could build unshakable beliefs in all areas of their life. Carol focuses on developing a community of women who are unapologetic about wanting more. Yes, in her podcast, The So Much More Show, Carol addresses what it takes to redefine yourself, mind, body, and spirit. I had so much fun being on her show. You should definitely check that out. On this episode with her, what we go into is her health journey and her journey of reinvention and from being a stay-on-home mom and deciding to reinvent herself and dive into business and creating all these different business ventures for herself. We go into what it was like competing and how she was able to detach her identity from her body after you know finishing doing all these bikini competitions and we go into so how do we get comfortable with asking for more it's such an incredible interview she has such an incredible story i'm so excited for you guys to listen to it let's get started so thank you so much carol for joining me today i'm really looking forward to getting to know you love to start tell me about your 20s feel free to include any shit show moments we might resonate with let's start there Oh, any shit show moment. Do we have four hours today to go? Because I have lived my 20s many times. Yeah. So I started university at 19. So I'm from Canada. So we call it university. College is university here. And I'm from the center of Canada. And I wanted to get the hell out. So I picked a major that you couldn't do in flat Manitoba, which was marine biology. So I went out to the West Coast in Vancouver and at 19, you know, 20, was away from home, was close to the mountains, was close to all sorts of fun and really didn't ever go to school. And so I failed my first year of university. And at that school, you had to have a certain, um, if you failed, you couldn't come back. And so then I, then I, you know, looked at my parents. I went back for a second year to a college to try to get my grades up, but I just wasn't really drawn to what I was doing. I wanted to swim with the dolphins. Like that was what I wanted to be. I wanted to be at Marine World swimming with the dolphins. So when I went to school and was having to do calculus and all this shit, I was like, uh, this isn't dolphin swimming. I didn't understand, you know, the steps that had to happen before a goal might be. So I obviously school wasn't for me at that point. So I went back to Winnipeg and spent six years uh, in the service industry, restaurants, lunch shift, night shift, bartending, had a blast, had a lot of fun, made some good money. But at the age of like 25, in my brain, I thought I need to have a degree, like I just have to have a degree. And it wasn't like that came from pressure from my parents or anything. It was just, you know, back then in the early 90s, (laughs) uh, when I was 20, in my 20s, you know, that's just what everyone did. Go to school, go to university. So I thought I needed a degree. So I had started um, making my own clothes and making my own hats. And I was really into the club scene. I was going out dancing all the time. And I'd like whip up a dress for myself and whip up hats for my friends. And so I thought maybe there's something here. And so I searched and found that in Toronto, Canada, I could get a degree, like a legit degree, a bachelor in fashion marketing. And so that 
brought me to Toronto at the age of 26, 27. And I buckled down because I knew I wanted to get this degree. I got the degree. I slammed it out in three years instead of four. And then I just started a, a, a shit show of jobs, really, to try to figure out stuff. At this point, I dated a lot of people. I did. I had, you know, a couple of love affairs during that time. And uh, when I graduated, I started, I became a wholesale fashion. But what I didn't know is that ingrained in me from a really young age, I'm, I've been meant to be an entrepreneur. So I had all these jobs, but they sucked. Like I just, but I did them because again, that's what you do. You have a job. So I started doing fashion wholesale sales and then I got introduced to the world of pharmaceutical sales. And the reason I liked pharmaceutical sales is because my friends who I met who were pharma sales girls back then, it's changed, they had all this free time. They were like off on Mondays, off on Fridays. They worked from like 11 to, I'm like, how the hell are you freaking doing this? They're like, oh, we just, did and I'm like, I want that. Like, I didn't know anything about it, except I wanted, I wanted choice in my days. So I became a pharmaceutical rep. And then at the age of 27, this is one of the first times I recognized the power of journaling and manifesting, even though I didn't know what that really was at that point. But I always kept a diary and I wrote stuff. And I remember writing at 27 years old, I'm 27, not dating anyone. How am I supposed to have the family that I want? And when's it ever going to happen? Like, what's going on? Like, I'm so such a failure in life, right? And then weeks later, I met a guy and then hurried that around. And then I, I, I got married at 30. So that, that's pretty much my 20s. <laughs> <laughs> and what did that transition look like from you being in jobs and knowing you're really supposed to own a business? You're really not supposed to have a job. Like, take me into that and what that transition looked like for you. Yeah. Well, I mean, back then, you know, what I did was then I had kids. So then I had kids and went full on momhood and didn't work. And that was hard. <laughs> but and so the real transition, to be honest, happened to me in my 40s because I was a stay at home mom for most of my 30s. And then I got uh, I got a divorce. So I was blessed to not have to work when my kids were little. Their dad's a great guy. And but then. I chose to leave and knew that I had to find a way to support not only myself at this point, but three kids. And, and so I got a job and I went back and got a job in fashion because that's what I knew. But again, as soon as someone told me, here's what you're worth, this amount per hour, here's the days you can work. Here's the freaking tiny window that you could maybe choose to have a holiday. I was like, no. And I was at the same time introduced to network marketing. I didn't know what it was, but what I saw was, again, people living a life of choice. And I went all in. And then as I went all in, that was, you know, some of what we talked about when you were on my show is I had also in my 40s gone through a personal transformation physically. I became a fitness pro. So personal development and growth, I started to understand that I could do anything. And if these people were doing it, then I could too. And so that's when I started to understand, oh my gosh, I've always been an entrepreneur. Because even when, even when I was 17, this is so old school, I was, a, I was a purulator courier. Back then, I literally had the CB radio in my car and I would sit and I would watch the little, oh, you got to pick up this package. And I would just choose based on where I wanted to go, not by money, but just by freedom of like, I only want to work from 11 to 2. 
And so really, it's when I saw a window inside of network marketing to play the baby entrepreneur role without all the risks, it cracked me open to be like, I, I can pretty much do anything as long as I follow these same steps. Someone who maybe wants to have choice in their life, but they don't think they have a choice. What advice would you give them to start to recognize that they do have a choice? Yeah, I'd say the key to that is prove that you can by finding other people that are living into that life, right? So you're a perfect example for your peers. Like, well, yes, you can. Look, Sophia's done it. So what I started to do is we off, we always default to like, well, I can't do it. I'm this. I'm too young. I'm too old. I'm, I'm too this. My parents that. I've got debt. I don't know. I don't have a degree, blah, blah, blah. And we play in that spot. But if you find, and the magical world of the internet these days, you can find any human. You can find flipping 16-year-olds that are crushing it in entrepreneurship, right? You can, and so find something to reference that it has been done. And that automatically allows it to be a, an ability for you. And then the next step is zone in on what, is, what have they done? What are the steps they've done? What are they doing? What books are they reading? How are they living out their days and acting as if for long enough for the, it to start happening? And most people don't take the long enough part. And let's go into the start of your personal development journey. So I feel like personal development... It's not something you willingly go into. Like it's something that there has to be some sort of major shift in your life, some sort of major wake up call, something forces you into it kind of. Yeah. So did you have a moment like that? And what was that moment for you? Yeah, I find you're either forced into it because of like a shit show going on in your life or depending on if you're starting to zone in on some people that are doing things, you start to kind of hear it. And then maybe you hear it some more. And then maybe you keep hearing personal development. Maybe you're listening and you're like, I keep hearing this personal development shit. Like, what is it? So then you start investigating. And so my funny personal development story, which I think is hilarious, but again, I only know this in, in unpacking. When I was in my late 30s and I, I, thought I was fat and grumpy and I thought being fit would make me happy, I started working out. And so then I started training for fitness competitions and in fitness competitions, there's a lot of training and there's a lot of cardio. And then you show up on a stage in a bikini for people to judge you. So fun. <laughs> anyway. So at, at that time you need motivation. So I would get on the step mill for my hour step mill and I would Google fitness motivation and it would be like cheesy videos of gorgeous girls but in in like booty shorts and heels like squatting like no we don't go to the gym like that and but that was what was fitness motivation back then but over top of these cheesy videos was tony robbins les brown eric thomas the hip-hop preacher saying the words you got to be hungry you you're, you know you everything that you do is based on your thoughts and so then i started to hear that instead of look at the images. And then I started to just listen. Then I started Googling Tony Robbins, Les Brown, Eric Thomas. And so I would be listening to that at the gym. So I was here thinking I was building my body, but I was completely building my mind so that when these things subconsciously, again, I didn't know, I didn't set out to improve myself. I was trying to get a great ass, right? And so then along the way, 
I got both. No. And so that was really it. And then I started to be around people in the entrepreneur world as lots of personal development. And I'm like, oh, they're talking about Tony. Oh, they're, but just changing the mindset from you got to be hungry to build your body to you, you got to be hungry to build an empire and the same thing. So really what I applied to become a fitness pro in my forties, I just transferred the exact same stuff to become the badass that I am. <laughs> and you have to be hungry to build an empire. Do you think people are naturally hungry or do you think that's something that develops over time? Mm, that's a really great question. Really great question. I think it actually can develop because to be honest, I only ever did just enough in life. I only just, I got like eighties. That was cool. Like I never, you know, some people I meet, they are so driven and I'm like, whoa, like you give them a goal and they like, boom. And I'm like, that, that's hungry. That wasn't me. That really wasn't me. I never, uh, even now I have to like, I'm motivated by different things. So I think it, it, we can absolutely learn it. And I think the key is attaching, like, what are we hungry for? Like a deeper level of why, right? Are you hungry for more money? Cool. Like, but, but why, right? I mean, we could all do lots of things to make more money, but will you, why do you need to? When, when I got a divorce and the option was kids in early childcare, I don't see them struggle or do something that people maybe call crazy, go all in, create freedom. I had a really strong why. So a, a lot of being hungry, I think, is really tied to a, a why, a need, a must, a desire. Yeah. But I think everyone can become hungry. It's like, what are you hungry for? And can we go into your health journey and you like lose this weight? You think that's the thing, right? You think that's the thing and you're going to be happier. It's going to fix everything, right? You fix your body, you fix everything. <laughs> so having that realization that even though you changed that, it still didn't give you what you wanted. Yeah. Take me into that and how that felt for you and maybe what you realized going through all of that. Yeah. And I think it's so important right now, especially, you know, your, your, your listeners are very much in their twenties, I'm sure. And I'm, I'm, I'm scared. I'm, I'm sad a lot for, especially the women. I have a uh, almost 18 year old daughter. I've got two boys, 16 and 19, but I, I, I see what you see and I'm like, holy, like it, the body image thing is a battle back in the day when I had Teen Beat magazine, right? Like now you've got <laughs> everything. And so I, I did, I thought, I, because you'd see the, the pictures back then, it was in magazines of the women, they were smiling and they were shredded and they were smiling and they were shredded and they were gorgeous and they were flawless, obviously Photoshop, but still, still them. And the, this was the game changer for me because I kept thinking that all of those people were fake. And then I saw a woman who I had met on a cover of a magazine and she had six kids. So me saying I had three, oh, I can't, you know, she's like that because she hasn't had kids. Well, she's had six kids. So there goes that excuse of mine. So I still thought, okay. And so what happens is as you start to transform your body, especially in the fitness world, I started being published in magazines. You get so much validation for oh my God, you look amazing. It's so much so even validation for like being on the step mill for an hour. Wow, you're amazing. You're, and I'm like, and so what really opened my eyes was first and foremost, when you compete, it's not, you know, who's the fastest. It's, oh, your bodies are being judged. And I'll never forget really early on, 
me and a girlfriend, we didn't make the top five. And we were smoke shows. We were amazing. But so was everyone. And so we walked off stage all pissed off. What the fuck? And then I said, wait a minute. We're amazing. Are we any less amazing? Because these five crusty men did it like, this is silly. We're amazing as we are now. But it started to be really so interesting how people would give you recognition at your fittest. But three months later, when you were like normal level fit, suddenly you weren't amazing anymore. This is why people that compete go on this massive roller coaster. But what I started to really understand is I, I still liked competing just for me, for the goal and the sparkly shoes. But I really understood, like, who are you without your shell? And what are you about? And being fit and healthy, yes, absolutely a goal. But I also recognize that we, we think that everyone cares about us. Like we think when we go to the beach and we put a bikini on that someone's really looking at us and going, oh, look at her, this. They're not because they're, we're all too into our own selves, worried to even worry about what anybody else is thinking about us, right? So all I say to people is if you think having a perfect body brings you happiness, just go to a fitness show because typically they are the most unhappy people on the planet. Makes me sad. There's a, there's a shift changing a little bit, but bodies are not everything at all and when you understand that and you have your body for health and we're comparing ourselves to now these filtered images all over the place and you and it brings you sadness that's not a good thing and did you ever compare yourself now to what you used to look like in those photos oh my (laughs) i do all the time that's why sometimes i pop them into my feed like damn girl and so I, I had a, a health journey a couple of a year and a half ago or whatever. So my body fully shifted because of some meds I've been on and stuff. But, and so it's interesting. And this is a lot of my personal development. I don't look at that body and go, oh God, I wish I could get back there. I look at that body and go, ah, you like, good job, Carol. Like you worked hard for that. And so I'm on my journey back a little bit. I don't think it'll ever go to that because when you see women, just everyone listening on fitness girls and you see them at the photo shoots and stuff, that's not living, that's not living body. It's so it's, you can get your body to a stage for a short window of time where we take all of these amazing pictures. We're still amazing, 10 pounds, 15 pounds heavier, but it's unrealistic to think that the pictures often that you're seeing are of real life living bodies for a long term. And someone who maybe is going in the process of gaining the weight back after that competition, what advice would you give them to kind of detach from that number of what it is after? Yeah, that's a very valuable thing because as much as I try to, my husband's a a professional uh, IFBB fitness pro and he trains people in contests. So I'm always trying to get in their head, the women before, like, this is what's going to happen. And because it's such an interesting process, depending on where you're at, your body will start to change, more muscle will show up, whatever. And then you love yourself. And then you get into the show side and you you are now tanned up with this crazy tan. You've got hair and makeup. You're like, oh, my God, I'm amazing. And suddenly, three weeks later, four months, four weeks later, you're back to the person that before the show you thought was amazing. But now you're comparing her to this body on a stage. And so it really is just about understanding, like, how if you're doing a show, that's a sport. 
right? Any sport requires a certain level of training and the ultra marathoners aren't running ultra marathons every day. And so you have to give yourself grace. But the one major thing is, am I going through this journey? Am I trying to step on a stage? Am I doing this for validation from others? That's what it always comes back to. We, we don't love ourselves enough and we thrive off you telling me I'm amazing, people messaging me all over my Instagram, you inspire me. Oh my God, I wish I could look like you. If that feeds me, I'm going to have a really hard time when my body changes. So that's, that's where we just got to get really rooted in. It's great. Like I love competing. I say, go and see, go build your body, but you're not better or less than along the whole journey of 400 pounds to, you know, shredded. Like you're just, you're the same person. So it's the self-love along the way that's the key to harness. And if you can harness in on that in your 20s, you're going you're gonna to be better because there's a lot of women in their 40s, 50s, and 60s that are miserable because they're still battling with what they experienced in their 20s. So I really appreciate you. That's why I reached out to you of being this voice for people in their 20s. Because there's a, if you understand personal development and growth in your 20s, you're going to be setting yourself up for a much different life. And someone who maybe is in like their 30s or 40s right now, and they're in a certain career, they're used to a certain path, and they're looking to reinvent themselves. And they're kind of worried of letting go of that certain path that they were already down for, you know, 10, 20 years whatsoever. What advice would you give them to help them in that reinvention process? Mm. Key is just start. I think uh, the longer you're in life, the more you spend time getting ready to get ready and analyzing and will this work. And, you know, the nice thing about some of these uh, side gigs is you're not like quitting a job. You're not like fully, you know, going cold turkey. I mean, you can, people do it. I mean, in, in the time of this recording, the world's a shit show. So people are like forced to reinvent, right? Like, look at your beautiful story. Like, I, I love it. I see this as an opportunity for, for growth. But I, I know that for a fact, people are more concerned with what other people will think, friends, family, coworkers, whatever, than following your heart and your soul. And so you just got to start because you don't know where... I would never have imagined that the things I'm doing in life right now, I would do. I, I would, I would never know, but I started, tried. Oh, I, that, no, that, that, I don't like that. Started, moved, move that forward. Learned a little bit about this. I heard something. I was listening to something yesterday. I have to really, I'm going to fail. I'm going to, I got to, I'm going to butcher it, but please uh, Google Lisa Nichols. She's one of my favorite speakers. I've done a lot of courses with her, but I, I'm in a program right now and she did a whole thing about fear and it's, it's really just about, we have, you're going, no failing, sorry, pardon me, failing. And we have to fail. People are so scared to fail, but what is failing? Like, that's how you learn. It's all what you put on that. So anybody that's feeling like I want to have a shift, like, why not? Why not? It's all possible. You can do some, you could be do, living a completely different life six to 12 months from now. And don't feel like you've wasted, 50, you know, I went to school for seven years and then I did this for seven years and now I'm about to, but like, if look at, your, will you be happy continuing the path you're on five years from now? Yay, you got the executive position in the freaking office. It's like, really? Is that really what you want? So think about where you can be five years from now. 
because you'll forget about all the shit that happens to get you there and you'll be all happy that you made the shift. Do you have any exercises that you do to help people determine their why? If maybe they're not sure what it is or maybe they don't have a strong enough why yet? Yeah, you know, that's the magic question, right? People say, how do I know my purpose? How do I find my purpose? What's my purpose? And uh, I'm actually just experiencing that with my husband right now because he's in a transition of next level things and he owns a gym and he's a trainer. And now the gym's been closed and he's been on a beautiful personal development path. He's a two-time pro athlete in two different sports. He's got all of this stuff. And he keeps like, you know, when you live with me, it's hard because I'm like, and he's like, I know, it'll, I'll find it. And, and I'm like, well, you can't find it if you don't start doing things. Like, you just, can't just sit on the couch and your purpose gets, like, delivered. It's not like, you know, stork delivering babies. It's not, it's not like that. And so what I, what I really say to people is, like, and it might be nothing right now, which is totally fine. But what do you, what do you like to do, like, without being paid? Like, what, it's Sunday morning right now. Like, what, do, what, do you, what did you wake up today to do? that you like to do. Maybe it's graphics. Maybe it's learning something. Maybe it's, who knows? Maybe it's sewing. Maybe it's making t-shirts. Maybe it's my daughter makes these amazing movie journals that I'm like, what? This isn't even, this isn't an art project. This is your, this is what you want to do for fun. And so start to follow the things that really make you happy. It's not that they're not good enough. It's not that there's not a business around that. Right. And then really pay attention. I, I, I think if I could give my younger self any advice is to spend more time like quiet and like journaling and journaling like okay like let me let's play a funny game what if I could literally write the movie of my life at the best I could and writing that stuff out that's hard for people it's hard for people to dream but like that really starts and then you start to notice things all of a sudden you'd be like hey I just heard that the other day and you start to follow the breadcrumbs it's not this here's your why your purpose of yeah right i wish it was but all of a sudden one day you have no you'll wake up like i know my purpose now and it evolves but but if you don't start moving forward in the things that fill your soul up like that if there's a flutter there's a feeling and there's just a feeling you do something you hate it you do something you're like ooh. This is scary. This is interesting. Okay, I want to be around this more. I want to okay, okay. And then all of a sudden, and really your purpose, to be honest, is pretty much gonna be the shit you've gone through, going back to a person that's maybe a few steps behind you and giving them the advice. So especially those of you listening that have gone through some real shit, some deep shit, some life shit, like the fact, like what did you do? There's People don't know. It's the little things. And so you teaching somebody the little things that helped you get through that. Suddenly, if you think about Lewis Howe, you think about all of the people, Trent Shelton, Lisa Nichols, all they're now doing is telling the stories of how they got from here to here. So your purpose truly is to, one, this is good. I'm coming up with some good stuff here. (laughs) You are. I know. (laughs) Is to, one, decide what you want your life to look like really and what makes you happy regardless of anybody else you don't need to be a freaking six-figure ceo shiro blah 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 because it's a trendy hashtag if that's not what you like don't freaking do it so follow the stuff that makes you happy and then pay attention to that and and truly 
do more things that make you be like, huh, then uh, this sucks. There's going to be elements of it sucking along the way to the journey, but follow things that make you happy. Comedy, what, like whatever it is, really. Th- this day and age, anything can be our purpose. But really, instead of shying away from any shit and baggage you might have gone through, understand that that will be your gift, right? The mess becomes the message. The All those quotes you see flipping around the internet are, are truly true. Take your pain, make it your purpose. But it's what what scares you the most is what you must do. But we're, oh no, I can't talk about that stuff. I can't say about that because people will judge me. Yet 2 billion people on the internet are needing to see Sophia say, this is the shit that happened. And then that suddenly gives me permission to say, that's me too. And is there, like, while you're, like, supporting your husband through going through, like, that shift of his gym closing down, is there anything you guys do to constantly support each other or anything that you notice really helped you guys in your relationship with supporting each other through the ups and downs? Yeah, well, and that's a really great question because this is a second marriage for both of us. So you learn a lot in your first one <laughs> anyway. <laughs> and then truly, and, and you will get this because so much of what you do is personal development. There's a, so whether you're with somebody right now, whether you're married, whether you're, is that you, you truly do either grow together or grow apart. And there was a trajectory where I was really growing and he wasn't. And I could see this like, and I, you can't make someone grow, right? You can't make someone read the books, listen to the things. But luckily, you know, he had some stuff go on that had him take time in personal development. So even just very, very recently in, in like in uh, lockdown time, we now watch, like last night we watched the Lisa Nichols thing. So we don't just like tune out. We'd watch Netflix too. We do, we'd do all that jazz, but we send each other videos. So rather than, Hey, you know, wife and husband, like, Hey, husband, do, do this. This is what you should do, which is where I used to come from. That doesn't work, but sharing something like a video or a podcast or something, we just share with each other. And then we're there to support each other, but sometimes it's hard to listen to your spouse. So by bringing in information from other people, or this is a book, I got some books and he actually took them and started reading them. So Sometimes from a spousal or um, companion thing, we want it for them more than than they are ready for yet. But where you're in the process of growing yourself, the people around you just, they get the dregs of that, which is good. They get the overflow. And then when they're ready, they'll pick up and listen. That was something that, you know, I had to really understand because I, I could see what he needed. So I would tell him what he needed. But if you're not ready to hear that you need something, it just sounds like, nah, nah, nah. How did you meet him? Uh, in the fitness world. He's my trainer. And is there anything that you do with your kids? Because you can't like force personal growth. You can't force anything. So is there anything you do to like maybe encourage your kids to go on their own personal development journey or? Yeah. I mean, and honestly, what I say a lot to women, like I spent a, a decade helping women on their own personal transformations, like physical side of it when I was in that part of it. And it goes the same for that is that, and you know, this as a child, it's not what we tell you, it's what you see. And so I say to people all the time, like, you can't be living an unhealthy lifestyle and tell your kids you need to eat healthy. That, like, they're, they're not, it doesn't go together. 
And so truly by me just living it, I would try to push, like not push, but I'd be like, read this book or do that. And, but what I started to recognize is if I would overhear them talking or if I would start to see, you know, my 16 year old, who's a high level athlete, he's got his whiteboard. Like they do, they do what they see me doing in their own way. So I don't have to push it because it's just part of what they're growing up with. Nothing that I say will avoid them having a shit show of their twenties either, but that's part of the joy of the (laughs) twenties. Really. And can you go into like, I love the name of your podcast so much more and like, what does so much more mean to you? Yeah. Well, I mean, it really came from being so sad on the regular, how many women didn't believe they were capable of anything. So it's truly from that you are worthy and capable of so much more than you currently believe. And then, and that's, that's the truth. It's, I mean, I call myself a belief mentor because no matter what, we can give you the roadmap to making a a million dollars. We can give you the roadmap to having the best ass. We can give you the roadmap to how to do a podcast. I mean, really, it's not that hard, but if you don't believe because of all of the baggage, really from the time you were nine onwards, that somebody told you something at school, a parent said something, a kid said something about your legs, like all of this stuff starts to play the baggage of why you can't. So belief is the root of absolutely all of it. And so the so much more show is just a way and, and really everything I kind of do of pouring belief into people that they can. That's why I say like at the start of our, of our chat, you know, find somebody that's done something that you want. And if they've done it, well, the, you can, be, you might not believe you can do it yet, but you can't say it's not possible. So find evidence and build your belief muscle. And then you're unstoppable. Like you truly become unstoppable when you believe because your brain controls it all. So wh- whether you think you can or think you can't, you're right. If you believe you can create an empire in your twenties and live a free life and go live in Bali and you know, start a podcast and become an author and be speaking on stages because of something you just decided to try in your twenties during something called a pandemic, you can, it it can come true. Everything that I've ever accomplished in my life. I, I write a gratitude journal every night and I write three to five things I'm grateful for that day. And three to five things that I'm grateful for that haven't even happened yet, but I write them as if they have. And they all come true. Even the crazy shit. It's crazy. I love that. Is there anything that you learned from one of your guests or from just the podcast that you weren't expecting to learn from it? Not really. I think I'm very much similar to you. I use the podcast as a way to just really get to know people. And so maybe from what I could say overall from the podcast, all of them, is how people that you think are, oh, they're an author. They're, they're just regular people and they just want to talk and they just want to serve value to people and not serve their ego. So I think at the beginning I was scared, you know, I was playing like, oh, I don't want, you know, or I'd have someone like reach out to me that had a book and I was like, oh, they have a book. Like, oh, I better, I better make sure I have some great questions instead of just being Carol that actually wants to get, just get to know you. I don't really care what the questions are. I want to get to know you. So it's more that the journey of the podcast has been more light and more giving than I thought it, that I thought it would be. 
And can you go into warrior woman entrepreneur? What is that? So that was something that I pivoted with a little bit in March. So I'm a very successful in the network marketing center and I built a very incredible business model that way. And inside of that, it's very much personal development. So I have really grown in my personal development. I'm a speaker in that and all of that. And so then I started thinking, okay, like, you know, what if people didn't want to partner with me in my network marketing company? I mean, that's okay. Not everybody wants to. So how, how can I offer something for people that had started to reach out to me and ask for my advice or they listen to the show? And I, I've now at almost 51 years old invested a lot of money in learning business in business coaches, in marketing, like I've got a lot of value. So I started to understand, well, there's other people selling coaching programs for a shit ton of money that I have never even actually built the things they're trying to tell you (laughs) to build. So I kind of thought, let me put something out there and offer up something uh, like a a small group coaching program for people that wanted to take their life to the next level. So the warrior woman basically comes down to one of my favorite things to help people do is step into their um, alter ego or their next level self and really embody that. So we all have, we all have critics in our head, right? Like our inner critic, that's where the little voices that are telling you, you can't do that. You're too young. Why would you do that? You need to have more information, blah, 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 whatever, all of the stuff. And then it's often talked about having an inner mentor, which makes sense because having a mentor, having somebody that's gone there before you and is guiding you, even if they're a social media person, like you, you can have access to mentors. There's so many great people on, on social media that give, You don't have to pay them for mentorship. You just start to model what they do. So then that's cool. But then I was like, well, how do you embody your next level self? And so a lot of the practice I teach people is how to embody that person, like right down to a name, visualization, how your body is. And so I created that as your inner warrior. And so when you're ready to launch your podcast, when you're ready to go Facebook live or Instagram live or whatever, and and Carol is like, oh, shit, I'm going to suck. Well, like Cha-Cha, who's my alter ego, and I even have a next level one. You'll love it. You know what my next next level one now is? Beyonce. <laughs> I love Beyonce. And I'm like, I'm my initials are CE. So now I'm Beyonce because she's fierce. She's got Sasha fierce. That's her alter ego. So the inner warrior is stepping into that. So there's some, there's training and stuff that has to go with it. But really your brain doesn't know real or not. So if I change how I stand, if I put my shoulders back, my tits up, my energy is like this. And I'm like Sasha, I'm Beyonce, I'm Cha-Cha. Things are, even though I'm scared shitless inside, things start happening. So that's the, and then there's obviously levels into that, but that's where the warrior woman came from. I want to help women tap into their inner warrior and let that person lead, not the scared shitless one that's listened to all of the negative stuff over all of the years. That's why in your 20s, you have less shit you still have shit but you have less shit so if we can fix it now or not fix it you don't need to be fixed but if we can recognize some of your thoughts are not truths and that that's probably one of the most impactful things that i if you get nothing more from this journey is we are we are not our thoughts we are the thinker of our thoughts so your brain is constantly saying to you you're not good enough you're this you're that that's not the truth you don't have to accept it 
And so the, the analogy I use a lot when I talk to women, it's like, it's like when you're in your, your closet or when you're shopping, I mean, we haven't been in a mall for like a year, but say you go shopping and you go into a store, right? And what do you do? You go to the racks. And so you flip, 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 flip. Oh, I like that. And you put flip, 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 flip. Oh, I like that. I'll try that on. So the thoughts are the same thing. You don't have to accept them as truth. You can be like, oh, I'll take that thought. Yeah, I, I am good enough. I, you don't have to accept that I'm too young thought. And so when you can harness the power of how you think, as you know, you can literally retrain your brain to think only positive, to think only success, to think only goodness, and your life will reflect your thoughts. I'm pretty passionate about that part, honestly. <laughs> what is something that most people don't know about you? <sighs> Probably that I'm really an introvert. I love quiet. I love doing nothing. I love sitting. I love not being around people. I think that really shocks people. And I'm also not, most people think I'm like a, a really like driven, hungry uh, like hard, you know, if you look at colors, like a red is like a driver and they need to be in the front. And they need to be like, look at me. And a lot of people think I'm that too. And I'm not, I'm situational. Like I speak up because I, I know there's a need. I go first because if no one else is, I need to, because we, we got to go, but it's not, it's not who the essence of who I am. But and other than that, I pretty much tell everybody everything. So <laughs> And do you think you like trained yourself to be more of an extrovert? Yeah. Yeah. And I guess like back in the day, I would have thought I was an extrovert, but I recognize I just am mirroring the people I'm around. But now when I'm around like real extroverts, I'm exhausted. Like I've got some good friends that are like real and I'm like, whoo, I can only take little small doses of like lots of people. I've learned a lot about my energy to guard my energy. So, yeah. And, and there's nothing wrong. I think that's the biggest thing. Like there's this whole, well, I'm an introvert, so I can't be an entrepreneur. Well, no, that's no, that is, it, that's absolutely not it. I heard a new word. It's an ambi ambient, ambivalent is like a middle between introvert and extrovert. Somebody said, told me that the other day. I, who knew? And what's something you're excited about right now? Oh, gosh. I'm excited about a lot right now. Right now, I'm excited about, uh, honestly, there's an amazing new wave inside of my networking business and some incredible new people that joined. I'm excited for new connections like you. I'm, I'm excited for more people being open to possibilities of happiness instead of the, you know, the rat race. And, and like it or not, I believe that this pandemic has been a gift if people get to choose that to see like, is this how I want life to be? What, you know, is this bringing me joy? I have the job, I have the house, I've got the title, I've got the bank account, but I have no joy. Like, so I, I'm, I'm excited for the, 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 not the world to go back to normal. That ain't never going to happen. And who wants normal anyway? I'm excited for the evolution. I'm excited for how many people are awakening to their own possibilities. I'm, a, I'm excited for people that understand that they have a gift and they don't need somebody to come and say, you've got a gift that they can just start stepping into it. I see a lot of that. You know, the more you're around this, you start to see more of this. And so when people say the world is shit, I'm like, I just don't see that. I, I don't see that part of the world. I don't watch news. I don't watch any negative humans on any social media. I live in a bubble. And uh, when you live in that bubble, there's a lot of good people doing really good things. And so that makes me excited about what's possible for life. 
What is something that you're learning right now? Mm, TikTok. <laughs> that's one of that's one of the things. I know that might not be what you meant, but um, and another another thing is, I'm in a constant growth of learning how to interact with different people. Because when you grow a business that has multiple personality people. I used to think, well, this is just who I am, therefore take it. And now, I am, now I'm learning and getting better at understanding how to interact with different personality types and find out what motivates them and what helps them and that the whole world doesn't think like I think. And if you were to go back in time and talk to your 20-year-old self, what advice would you give her? Mm. I actually wrote, I wrote a whole like five-page journal of that in the summer. I would tell her that she's going to go through through some things that you think you're never going to make it out of. You're going to have things come your way that you feel like a failure. You're going to have people tell you that you're full of shit and you're not a good person. You're going to have dreams and desires that don't, don't come true, but just stay the course because what's waiting for you is beyond your imagination of a beautiful life. I love that. Thank you so much for doing this. Oh, I just, I think you're fantastic. So I appreciate the time with you. And where can people connect with you online? The Instagram, I am underscore Carol Elizabeth is pro- probably the best place. Don't come find me on TikTok yet. It'll be a shit show. No. And uh, carolelizabeth.com is my website, but really Instagram. Thank you guys so much for listening. I love if you can leave me a review on iTunes. Please feel free to share it with any friends you think the story would resonate with. I hope you guys have a great rest of your day.